Welcome to another episode of the Journey Visions podcast. We try to capture the different visions and inspirations of our guests and their joint projects to fight climate change. This podcast strives to interconnect between the different sustainability-related projects, bring transparency into our learning, and share our common interests. We are Riebke from the Transalpine Journey. And James from the Bologna Trento Zurich Journey. Today we speak with two of our participants, also from the Bologna Trento Zurich Journey. Hanna Begovic and Emma Berti Paglia. Hello. Hey. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for allowing for the space. It's really, um, it's really great. Sure. Thank you for coming and for tuning in today. I will introduce you to real quick. Hanna is the Swedish organizer and director of Earth Advocacy Youth, a youth global action group of young professionals in Earth jurisprudence. She is also an expert member in the United Nations Harmony with Nature Knowledge Network and a member of the Youth for All Planet Steering Group. Hannah has two kittens and whenever she is traveling, she asks her husband to FaceTime with her so that she can talk to them. And I also hope that she didn't do that while she was bungee jumping from 170 meters in Nepal. <laughs> Emma is from Italy and has a background in political science. She is now graduating with a master's degree from the Trinity College Dublin in development practice, which merges natural, social and management sciences. Her biggest passion is climate justice. And if you ever meet up with Emma, be prepared to drink lots of coffee and eat a lot of hummus. And she says she could live off hummus for the rest of her life. Wow, that must be true love. <laughs> so welcome, you two. And I will also give a one minute pitch about what your project is about. So um, Hannah and Emma, they've been in the same group in the Bologna Trento Zurich journey, and they have worked on a project that they call Urban Flora. So Urban Flora is a biophilic education project for children aged eight plus in urban areas. And they have a first pilot project planned for Malmö in Sweden. In the project, the children, together with their parents, use an interactive smartphone application, which informs, educates, and encourages the family to deepen their relationship with the natural world, of which we as humans are all part of. This is done through games and activities. So yeah, a big welcome again to you two. And James will continue with a rapid fire round so that we can actually get to know you two a little bit better. That is exactly right. We want to know the brains behind the project. So Hannah, you are up first. In three words, can you describe yourself? Happy, down-to-earth, driven. Great, that's good to hear. Now, Emma, what is the place that you call home? Rome. <laughs> and follow-up question, what is your motivation for the journey? Okay, um, just meeting new people. I think having a multidisciplinary approach is the way to go to tackle climate change and getting to know people from different backgrounds is the best way uh, to do so. An excellent, well thought through answer. And finally, um, Hannah, what is your biggest inspiration? Now this can be a person, a thing, celebrity. A... <laughs> well, it's, uh, I have a few, but uh, one of them is a very good friend of mine con called Alessandro Pelisson uh, in Australia. He is a, a Earth jurisprudence uh, researcher and uh, lecturer. And then also another amazing, amazing woman called Pelatil in Sweden, 
who is really doing uh, incredible transformational change through the lens of rights of nature. Interesting. And how did you meet those two? Through my work with Rights of Nature, basically. Alessandro, we met in Ecuador, and Pella, I, I think I met her in Sweden. I'm not sure, actually. I think, I think that's where we met. Okay, interesting. And Emma, also, we'd quite like to know what is your biggest inspiration as well? Okay, so if you know me even for five seconds, I'm going to talk about climate justice. And one of my favorite people is Mary Robinson, who I got to meet last year for my projects. She actually founded the project I did in Senegal with mangroves and the effect, the social impacts that mangrove forestation projects have on the communities. And so, yeah, I would have to say she's my biggest inspiration. Wow, and to go to Senegal as well, that must have been a huge trip. Excellent. Yeah, great experience. Okay, um, and I think we're going to continue with some key questions about the project. Would you like to take it away? Yeah, that was really interesting. You have a lot of experience, both of you. Cool. Yeah, let's continue with your project. So, as we already said, you're working on an education project. How did you come up with it? What was the, the idea behind it? And what is the underlying problem that you are trying to solve? So, we're addressing a few different problems. So we're seeing the forests and green areas are disappearing globally due to deforestation, expanding urban development, which is not prioritized preservation of nature and biological diversity within urban spaces, even semi-urban spaces. And this is occurring with, within the concerning context of a sixth mass extinction, which is jeopardizing the very delicate balance of the earth system and forms part of a trend which does not seem to be slowing down. I mean, we're just seeing things accelerating really in many different ways. And there is increasing research that is showing that people are becoming more and more disconnected from the rest of nature. And a few key reasons for such a trend, in our opinion, are, are mainly tied to the disappearance of green spaces and pristine ecosystems. But also we're seeing technological development as one of those factors. Um, the invention of television, video games, and internet have, increased, have increasingly substituted nature as the locus for recreational activities and entertainment. And we're seeing that, you know, this detachment from nature has a negative effect also on, on people, especially children, when it comes to uh, physical and, and mental health, and especially children living in urban areas. Another aspect that we're looking at as well is that there is there is this dichotomy between nature and the human, like, like we're separate. And obviously we all have a different experience of nature in our lives, but many times nature is perceived and spoken about through the insidious lens of a false dichotomy, which is separating the human being from nature. And this is a cognitive separation as if it is something that exists outside of ourselves. So what we're also looking at here is, you know, how can we break this dichotomy especially in urban areas where, you know, many people, when they think, oh, I'm going to go out to nature, they, they, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to that forest, you know, that's, that's, they don't maybe see nature as something that they're also, that's within them. So we're looking, that's why we're also focused on children, because we believe that if you plant a seed early, it's a, some, an idea that can grow in a very powerful way and bringing awareness to, to children who are going to be the future leaders, decision makers, policy makers, is really uh, a really is personally inspiring to me. I mean, it has a lot of uh, potential. Yeah, I couldn't have said it uh, better myself. And especially now with the climate change and like the challenges we're facing, we need 
people that value nature and know the importance of it and are willing to participate in the action and maybe like studies have shown that children influence the parents as well so if the children go back to their house and explain to their parents why being in nature is so important and what is happening that creates change so focusing on children we thought was the most effective way to raise awareness great what what a project guys <laughs> you've taken on a task that seems really challenging i love the fact that you're addressing children and kids at starting at a very, very young age, because I believe that that's also really powerful for all the reasons that you just mentioned. So I was wondering, what is it exactly that makes your project very unique? Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen that there aren't any, a lot of games that value and that teach the importance of nature in a fun way. We, we know that there are like plant snap, so you can go and take a picture of the leaf and tells you what it is. and there are some geocaching games, but they're not very appealing to young people. We actually, throughout the journey, we very much took inspiration from Pokemon Go. Like we wanted to create something that was very fun for children and very appealing to them, but without kind of alienating them because that was also a problem with that game. We wanted them to be very much in contact with their surroundings. So I think what's new about our game is that it's, it's appealing to, to children in a way that we haven't found yet. Like we, there, there aren't any games that uh, interest, especially that uh, age group. And yeah, I mean, I agree. And I would say that it's mainly two points. What we try to do with this project is combining technological tools that already exist out there and creating something stimulating, creative, fun, interacting for these children where they get different, they get different tools, they get different games, uh, exercises, ways to interact with other children as well in these different ecosystems that exist in urban areas. Not only getting to know their city better and obviously, you know, deepening their own relationship with the natural world, but also the, there is, there is the, obviously the idea that, you know, if you, how are you going to defend something if you don't know it? How do you appreciate nature and the need to defend nature if you haven't experienced it, if you have not got a relationship with it? It is hard to defend something that you don't know or have any, any connection to on an emotional level, on an empathy level. The other thing that we're looking at is also what makes this uh, initiative unique is that it is in many ways earth-centered. We are putting nature at the heart and it's not, we're not, this is not a project where we're like, oh, we're gonna, you know, save the planet because of all the benefits it gives to humans. But this is rather an educational project where we get people to build compassion, empathy, and an understanding for the world that exists around us and how everything is interconnected. From the looks on your faces right now, I can tell that you're really, really passionate about the project. <laughs> For our listeners, we are video calling at the moment. So James and I, we can see Hannah and Emma as we are talking right now. And yeah, I love the approach to your project. Um, I really value nature as well. And I'm glad that someone is, like some groups are picking up that aspect. Um, then I have another question for you. So you said that you are trying to establish a pilot project in Malmö. Malmö is a city in Sweden. Why did you choose that city? Because from my experience, when I think of Sweden, 
I always think of this large green country, a lot of forests. So I would assume that a lot of people are already connected to nature. What is the reason of why you chose Malmö? I'll take that since I'm a Malmöit. <laughs> so the reason that we chose Malmö is, well, there is also this, yes, people are, you know, there is a lot of nature in, in Sweden, but in urban areas, there is a disconnection among many among many urban citizens when it comes to uh, connection to nature. And you're not very, uh, you don't interact with it on a daily basis, the average, the average urban Swede, I would say. In the context of Malmö, we wanted to choose a place that was not too big because we still we we do want to implement it in a in a in a city where you know that is not huge but it's not tiny either but that has kind of a that is has like the the, the good size in Swedish is called logom I don't know what the English word is uh, but just right um, and what we're also looking at is Malmo is a very culturally diverse city there are a lot of people from many different places a lot of different cultures that are all interacting. And one aspect in Malmö is that there is a lot of, also there's a lot of segregation. And there, the municipality, for example, that is very open to new initiatives and new ideas is also working to you know, integrate all these different amazing people from everywhere. And one way of doing that could be also through education that you connect with nature together. And so having this culturally diverse space where, you know, Another aspect that uh, I know Emma was also uh, emphasizing a lot uh, during our project is that we want we want a city that has some existing green spaces because we're not looking to create green spaces with this project. We want to use existing green spaces and have children get to know those spaces. So Malma has a lot of parks. So we're looking at, okay, so how can we, you know, use these existing spaces as well in the project? So I would say those are some aspects. I don't know if I've missed anything. Um, well, it's perfect. And it, like, it was very important for us to have a municipality that we knew was going to be receptive. And I know the university is doing a great job as well. So even for some of the features on the app, we, we need the help of foresters or like researchers. And so we know that they're going to be very happy to, to help, which for uh, pilot projects is very helpful at the beginning. Have you already reached out to the municipality and other stakeholders? Yeah, Hannah knows more about that. I think there's a meeting scheduled soon. Yeah, I have a, I'm scheduling a meeting, or actually I'm scheduling a meeting with a person in the municipality that is actually working with uh, children's rights, so uh, within the municipality. So we're going to be talking to them, and we also have some connections at the university, and they're very interested in rights of nature so um, and these kinds of projects as well. So it's, it's looking very, very positive for sure. Wow, that sounds good. I hope that this really goes further and that you can make it happen. Are you also you. addressing schools, like high schools then, or are you usually going to be out in the public on the existing green spaces? Well, we're looking at, partly we're looking at families because we want parents to be interacting with the children as well. We will also be looking at schools. However, uh, it would be like elementary schools since it's mainly aid up. So we will be looking at elementary and, and potentially high school. And what we have to do, I think through the municipality, it's the easiest because the educational system is, goes very much through the, through the whole government and the municipality. So as soon as you know, the, the collaboration would be established with the municipality, it will be a lot easier to reach out to the schools as well. Yeah, definitely.
Well, very, very nice, guys. Um, so in the end, I mean, you're a really international group. I have no idea where the other group members of your group are from, but you're already quite diverse. And what can you, do you have some advice for our listeners? Or how did you make this interdisciplinary group work? Emma, if you want, you can go first. I think communicating very openly and making a very conscious effort of giving everyone the same amount of space and time to be listened and heard and yeah allowing that space for uh, conversation and discussions and debates and I, I think that's very important and we we made a very conscious effort to do so and I think it worked out very well we were all happy with the projects the projects at the end even though like as you know during the journey there are lots of ups and downs but at the end we were very happy with the final result but I would say communication, respect, um, and also being humble and kind of understanding that it's very basic. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking, but understanding that people have different points of view and they're all equally valuable. It allows for that space for great conversations to, to happen. Yeah, I would, I mean, I totally agree with everything. I'm just, uh, I would just add like one, one important thing is also to establish group norms and talk about values what what matters what matters to each person when it comes to working with other people evaluating okay so you know what am i what can i contribute with what is our skill set collectively and you know what are things that i have to be aware of you know reflect in in those ways as well yeah i couldn't agree more hannah one question for you like what was your biggest learning like the biggest takeaway that you took from the journey I would say uh, strengthening my skills in working in culturally diverse environments. And Emma, what's your, what was your most enjoyable moment during the journey? I loved the morning uh, sessions when we would have a little bit of time. I think it was half an hour or an hour every morning to kind of uh, check up on each other and check in, sorry. And we, I don't know, I really much enjoyed them because the days were long and kind of tiring towards the end. So having that kind of moment in the morning to, to talk like as human beings, having fun, like without any agenda, I, I very much enjoyed. Well, Emma, having experienced the same journey, which both you and Hannah uh, were on, I have to say, I completely agree with you. And if we're talking about what made these early morning sessions successful, um, a special mention should go to our coaches, Camilla and Richard, for always turning up um, motivated, energized, and ready to start another long Zoom-filled day during the summer school. But now we have spoken for about 20 minutes, and it's time for our next section. In the final section of our podcast, we'd like to give you some dilemmas right these are the pick your poison questions so i'll give you one or two options and together you decide which is your preferred environmentally sustainable choice so to begin with organic or local what do you prefer local Sorry. yeah me too okay should we say that at Short the same code. time like one two three let's <laughs> do this okay so i'm gonna so next one is train or bus okay and train. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, how do you train, Emma? You are train. Okay, excellent. Okay, now I'll give you a countdown, right? Okay. So, soya or oat milk? One, two, three. Oat milk. Oat milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, just to round up, 
uh, this podcast. We're going to ask you to summarize maybe in one sentence, what is your vision for 2030? So what do you think the world should really look like in the next 10 years? Hannah, if you'd like to start. Well, I would say it's a, it's a world with, with a system that promotes and is based on more ecocentric approaches that is leading the world forward where nature of which we are part is put at the heart of policies, actions, and decisions. Interesting. And I suppose your project would help inspire the new generations to, to do that. And Emma. Exactly. What, Thinking long yeah. ahead. <laughs> of course. We're all about systemic change, right? And Emma, what is your vision for 2030? Definitely, I, I agree with Hannah, but at the same time, on the more human social aspect, I really hope that we, that the society becomes a little bit more equal and the people that are kind of left behind now are, I don't know, go, that, that we move at the same, that we all move at the same way and no one is left behind and especially I worked in development and so that's that's where my head goes to and I really hope that countries that have been kind of penalized during these years can grow and develop and get the same opportunities we, we have and of course I, I believe in renewable energy so I hope there is as much uh, we, we rely on renewable energy as much as we can but who knows I think this year has taught us that you don't know what to expect so 2030 it, anyone anyone's bet i i don't know what's gonna happen exactly so I, are you both hopeful for the future i know i think that i have to be honest there are times where i'm like we're screwed let, let me be pg like we are very much in a in a bad situation but at the same time i feel like you need to be like to keep going forward you need to have a vision and you need to be optimist even though I, I don't know how realistic it's gonna be but it, I think for our mental health and to keep moving and to keep doing as much as we can we need to have that positive uh, optimist vision yeah and I, I would say for me um, I agree I was like I have days where I mean the majority of the days I feel hopeful uh, and then like I, you know you read news and sometimes or many times concerning news and you kind of it accumulates and then you have like two, three days where you're like, okay, what are we doing? How are we going to get where we need to go? And like, uh, basically, like I'm sad, like we're screwed, <laughs> you know, and you have two days where you just like feel where you're feeling a little sad, a little, um, uh, a little worried and, and, and that's okay, you know, and then you go back to being on the top of your game. <laughs> so it's a. Uh... What usually gives me positive is that we know that we are all working on the same thing, that we're all in the same boat. And I, I still believe that together we can really achieve something great. So thank you very, very much, Hannah and Emma, that you were talking to us now on this podcast. Thank you for it having was, us. Thank you. It was, it was really, really great. It's my first podcast, so it's been a great experience. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it was really great listening to you too. You have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. That is for sure. So thank you also for listeners for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your feedback on our social media channels. And of course, you can get in touch with us if you also want to be part of this podcast. 
once again, thank you very much, Hannah and Emma, and good luck with your project and also your personal journey. I hope to talk to you soon again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to connect. Bye. Bye.